OPBC Online, a ministry of Old Pass Baptist Church, Northfield, Minnesota, coming to you live here today. It is 2.13 p.m. Central Time, and uh, we're here on a Friday. It is Friday, and uh, I hope you're, you had a good week so far and that uh, things are going well for you. Busy week, always something going on, always challenges, always wars and rumors of wars and all kinds of crazy things in the ministry, all kinds of uh, challenges and uh, everything. Uh, and as you have in your daily life, uh, to serve the Lord and be faithful to God in all seasons and everything like that. We we are on the battlefield. Life is a battlefield. Every day is a battlefield. And uh, every day is a new battle in that sense. And you've got to always remember that, hey, listen, when I'm out there in the world, I've got to fight the good fight of faith and lay hold on eternal life. I've got to do what's right. I've got to conduct myself as a Christian in this world. I've got to... Uh, be a soldier of the Lord and endure some hardness, endure some uncomfortable circumstances, endure some things that I may not like to endure, uh, you know, and get through and battle through and work through. That's the Christian life that we live, and that's part of this Christian life. And, uh, you know, um, it, it, life isn't simple and easy, and, uh, or it's simple as a Christian, but it's not easy. There are challenges in this life that you and I are going to face as Christians and to serve the Lord and keep our testimony and not lose our testimony in a wicked world that we live in. So, you know, you're challenged every day to walk with God, not only to abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul, but also to show patience and long-suffering and kindness to people and have grace for others. Uh, that uh, may not be where you're at. And it's it's a challenge for us to do that. Uh, there's a balance there in, in this Christian life for everything that we do. There's a balance, uh, you know, and we have to try to stay on the narrow way and not be swayed by, you know, things that frustrate us, things that, uh, you know, tend to discourage us along the way and we can't lose heart and lose our focus so that's i I, i'll tell you what i think if you're in any danger in this christian life and i'm not really talking about any of that today so to speak but if you're in any danger in this christian life one of the main uh one of the main dangers that you are in and that you will face is you know being distracted from your daily duties being distracted from your daily responsibilities. You're always going to be tempted to jump ship from daily responsibilities. Whether it's the wife in the home, whether it's, um, you know, whether it's a, a husband with his work and his job and, and his work ethic and everything else like that. You're, you always are in danger of jumping ship and of being distracted into things that are not profitable and to consume your life and your mind up into things that will do you no good at all, really. Um, so it it's important that God's people have good direction and instruction on those things and they keep their head, their nose, the grindstone and keep serving the Lord and keep working. 
Um, uh, it's just, it's simple to, to kind of fall, fall away from what's important and fall back on what now this, this broadcast today is going to be a follow-up to the one that I did a week ago on Friday, refuting charismatics, testing tongues with the scriptures. Now it's going to be, this one is called charismatic tongues, a dangerous demonic delusion. And, uh, which it is modern day charismatic tongues is a dangerous demonic delusion. And uh, we're going to talk about some of those things, show you some of those things and all that stuff. Uh, Meanwhile, I guess I should say hi to everybody. I hope you're doing well out there and uh, all that good stuff. Uh, We did get on Rumble, we did get the, I guess we did actually have the old broadcast uh, from the first broadcast about Alex Jones, this one right here. Uh, it, it still is there, um, but it, it'll have a minute delay in it somewhere. Probably. I don't know where that is exactly. Uh, but Andrew did upload another one that doesn't have that delay in it. Uh, oops, that's not that one. That's the one I just clicked on. That one's right here. It already has 239 views on it. Uh, so that one is is back and or that one's there too as well that you could listen to that if you haven't listened to those yet you ought to uh listen to that one uh so anyway uh this is where we're at right here but you're already on the other page so i don't need to put that on there i'm really gonna confuse but anyway uh so listen to those and you'll be blessed by those man I need Daryl to send me that fast clip. I don't know if I have that. I can check and see if I can find it. And that one's funny. Let me see if I can find it. Oh, that's a different... Hey, Daryl, I think you got a demon, Daryl. I don't... I don't know which email he sent that. See if Daryl can send me that fast clip again. I want that one with Rod Parsley in it. Maybe he can. Maybe Daryl's. But anyway, so we filled out the paperwork. We are going to try to go in on Monday and process the paperwork, take our pictures, and send off. I don't have to take a picture. I already have mine. But uh, my passport, but they to get their passports going. Okay. So pray for us that all that goes through. Pray for all the needs to be met for the trip. All right, send that clip to me, Carl. Send that clip. We'll we'll look for it. Gregory Pace, in order to have access to that guy, it requires uh your monthly subscription of $19.99 a month. And I haven't gotten any of those, so that guy is in the hopper. He's tightened now, he's not coming out until all the subscriptions are fu- are fulfilled. Anyway, so you pray for us about all of that. 
pray for us about uh, the trip and and preparing everything and getting everything in order and all that stuff, getting all our passports back and all that good stuff. Because remember now, we we're heading into January. So we're not that far away. We are not that far away from that trip. It seems like it five months away. That's not that far. So six months right now, but yeah, it'll go fast. Dog days of winter will go by us, and then it'll be like, whoa, here we go. So, we need to just do our best and and uh, plug away at all that good stuff, and then we'll get to planning that trip a little more closer. I'll be working with Pastor Jeffrey. You'll hear from him before that trip. We'll have him on the broadcast. Andrew's going to try to get uh, help me figure that out and get him on the broadcast. And um, we'll stream him and all that good stuff, okay? So I hope uh, you're all doing good here. Lori Stand, I needed to hear that. The children are singing. Well, good. Praise the Lord. I'm glad it was a blessing to you. That was a few years back, and uh, it was a that was a really rough time, really rough time. So, but God saw us through it. Amen. Rough few years, and but the Lord is faithful. Amen. So God sees us through our hard times, and. Uh, Brings uh, out truth. And, you know, years later, it's it's interesting. Boy, I'll tell you, I, I could. You wouldn't believe it if I told you. <laughs> you just wouldn't. So I don't tell people because they wouldn't believe half the stuff I said. I'll write a book someday. And when it's all written in a book someday, then you'll be like, wow. That didn't happen. Yeah, it happened. Okay. Carl sent it to me through the secret email. Secured the secured email. Kind of like the bat phone. Oh, yeah, we've been on, on vacation and such all over the country with the children and grandma and grandpa and all that good stuff. So, 
All right. Here's these charismatic clowns. Of clowns, ain't they? Huh? Bunch of clowns. Well, that's what they are, isn't it? They're a bunch of clowns. Well, so that is the charismatic chaos. That is the charismatic movement, right? That's that's the embodiment of idiots. Uh spiritually debunked. Wicked lies and deceit that people fall for, like, literally every day. They follow their feelings and not the Word of God. The Word of God is secondary to their feelings and their experiences. When in all actuality... The word of God should dictate every experience. The word of God should be seen and it should filter everything that you believe, everything that you practice, and all of your experiences. Right? All of them. Should be mined out by the scriptures. And if it isn't right, if it isn't according to the doctrine, if it isn't according to the scriptures, throw it out. I don't care how you feel about it. 
doesn't matter how you feel about it. None of that matters. The Bible is what matters, the scriptures. What God's word plainly says, which is what we're going to get into today. Okay. Right. We'll send this off here. We are back in David Cloud's book on tongues. And we're going to deal with the dangerous demonic delusions. But first, we're going we're gonna to kind of continue to mine out. We're going to continue to mine out just a little bit how tongues are supposed to be directed from the scripture. Uh, from number one, that apostolic direction that was handed down. There it goes. And if it's not, then it's to be avoided. But what do they do? They, they accept it. And I'm going to show you that really... One of the most dangerous things they do is their acceptance of tongues. Right? Their acceptance of tongues and their letting go of all restraint. Is literally what endangers them. It's what endangers them to be very susceptible to devils. It's what it's what leads them to a demonic manifestation and infestation. Now, I don't believe that I believe that people can be deceived by devils and still be a Christian. But if these people are being if these people are being possessed and taken over with a spirit and it's possessing them it's because they're not Christians. And it's dangerous. I'm going to show you how the technique that they recommend, that technique is the same stuff the occult recommends. It's the same stuff that the Jesuit order taught. Ignatius Loyola taught. The mystics taught. It's the same thing that the devil wants to do to you. He wants you to stop thinking biblically to empty your mind and stop thinking biblically 
Some people have no problem thinking. They think too much. But to think biblically is to meditate on what God's word says and to focus on the scriptures. Which is literally what you and I are commanded to do. We are commanded to think like Christ. That's what we're commanded to do. Biblical tongues were bound by apostolic direction. Paul said, forbid not to speak in tongues, but he also gave many serious restrictions on how tongues could be used. David Cloud says, I have witnessed the alleged practice of tongues in conferences and churches in a dozen countries, and I have never seen the practice of tongues in modern times restrained in the following manner. Tongues are to be spoken only by course, one by one. If any man speak in an unknown tongue, let it be by two or at the most by three and that by course. In most of the Pentecostal charismatic meetings, they're spoken by many people all at once. They're like the Tower of Babel. Utter confusion. If any man speak in an unknown tongue, let it be by two, or at the most by three, and that by course. And let one interpret. There's supposed to be strong biblical interpretation for those languages. But they don't they don't speak languages. They speak Middle Eastern gibberish. For that. <laughs> it's gibberish. Nonsense. Rarely are the tongues messages interpreted in modern Pentecostalism. And when they are, it's often obvious that the interpretation is something different than the tongue. There is to be no confusion or lack of peace, for God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all churches of the saints. Okay. So let's look at this. Ooh. 
and really special. And she told me last night, and I was just blown away. So maybe you step a bit forward, and then people over, over there see you as well. I heard Liz speak in tongues, and she was saying, yes, God, yes. Yes, God, yes. She's a pointer, hey, just straight up. So I, I give you a bit of... So in the Bible, in the scriptures, right? In the scriptures, women are not even supposed to speak in tongues, right? Every time, David Cloud said, I've been in a Pentecostal charismatic service where the spirit was moving... I have thought to myself, this is confusing. Disorder reigns. The tongues cannot be understood. Things happen that make no sense and that are not found in the Bible, but we are told that God is not the author of confusion. That has far-reaching implications, he said. Women are not allowed to speak in tongues nor interpret tongues. They're to be silent. 1 Corinthians 14, 34. Let your women keep silence in the churches. Plural. You hear some of them say this. Paul was only talking about Corinth because Corinth was such a mess. No. Paul said, let your women keep silence in the churches. For it is not permitted unto them. Speak. They have no permission. From their husband? No. It doesn't, it's not addressing the husband giving them permission. From the pastor? No. It's not addressing the pastor giving them permission. From the church? No. It's not, it's not saying the church didn't give them permission. From God. God has not given them permission to speak in the church. It is God that restricts women from speaking in the church. For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all churches of the saints. Let your women keep silence in the churches, for it is not permitted unto them to speak, but they are commanded to be under obedience, as also saith the law. Paul is saying in the gospel dispensation, nothing has changed according to the nature of a woman. A woman is still a woman. God still sees her as being under obedience to her own husband. Not to be a speaker in the church. Not to speak in tongues, not to interpret tongues, not to lead. And what about singing? Not to sing specials, 
to separate herself from the congregation, but to to pray, to to uh, or to sing and to be a part of it all together. They are commanded to be under obedience, as also saith the law. So the women were not given the gift of tongues. They were commanded to keep silence in the churches. They were not to speak. Why? Again, is it because their husband didn't give them permission? No. Is it because the pastor didn't give him permission? No. Is it because the church didn't give him permission? No. It's because God didn't give them permission. What does that mean? I'm not allowed to give my wife permission. The pastor is not allowed to give my wife permission. The church is not allowed to give my wife permission. The Apostle Paul was not allowed to give my wife permission. God did not give them permission to speak. And he never has. That is God's way. They are not permitted to speak. Let So what was happening in Corinth? The husband was given permission. Given the wife permission. The pastor was given the wife permission. The church was given the wife permission. God never gave her permission. That's why it's a usurpation of authority. That's why it is usurping authority for a woman to do that. It is a usurpation of authority. Every woman that stands in an assembly of a church and speaks in an authoritative manner is doing so without the permission of God, but is in direct violation to his words. And if they will learn anything, let them ask their husbands at home, for it is a shame for women to speak in the church. God says it's a shame 
for them to speak in the church because they don't have his permission because his law said no. Michelle, that is why we do not do special music. We don't do special music anyway in our church. We do congregational hymns with instruments accompanying it, which there's nothing wrong with because it blends in with the assembly. So we have women that play instruments that blend into the assembly. It's not wrong. They're not being, they're not being isolated. They're not, the focus is not on them. They are blending in with the assembly. They are blending in their voice with the music. They are blending in the instrument with the with the congregation. It's not wrong. But when it's singled out and she is the focus, it is wrong. Because the Bible says, but they are commanded to be under obedience as also saith the law. What I've seen with women, I killed that in our church years ago. I watched what that does to women and how it lifts them up with pride when women do special music. It becomes like glamour shots, glamour show. It becomes painted pageantry. It gives them this like, well, I'm a good singer and you're a loser. It's just, it does that. And it gives them this like air of superiority and power. That's why I don't do women testimonies in the church either. Women can write their testimony, give it to their husband. If they don't have a husband, they can give it to me and I can read it. But almost every woman that I've ever seen give a testimony like that gets up there and then they start preaching. Because Romans 3, Romans 3 verse number 8 says this, and then they start preaching. I'm not kidding you. I said, oh no, we are not doing that. Not kidding you. I was like, okay, no, that's not happening. So we don't do those. The only thing that a woman can speak for when it comes to that, two things that I find in the scriptures. One is her testimony of being saved. One is they have to give their testimony of when they were born again. That every woman has to do. And we see that in the scriptures. I can show you that in the Bible. Where they were baptized, they gave their testimony of being saved. Okay, they're part of that. Secondly, 
if a woman is a witness in a trial in the church or if she is being accused of something, she has the right to speak in her defense. And she's allowed to speak in her defense and be a witness and to testify to defend herself. Or if she's on church charges and she's guilty or she's she can speak. Those are it. Ananias and Sapphira. Peter asked Sapphira. But that's not an open assembly. Okay? Peter had a separate disciplinary action that enabled that. So that's, that's what I've seen in the scriptures and that's what we do. And we've cut down on a lot of trouble by doing that, too. So that's that's why we did that. That's why we've done that. And that's... Uh, anyway, so sorry about that. I just got distracted for... Uh, but... So that that's the reason. And I believe it's scriptural, and I've held to it. When Ananias and Sapphira were on trial, yeah, and he asked her, did you do such thing? Okay. So anyway, let your women keep silence in the churches. What do we have here? Context. Um, last Sunday at uh, Living Stones Kids Ministry, they apparently had uh, scrolls where they wrote all the different spiritual gifts that, you know, according to the Bible, are available for us to ask for. And they put them in a bowl, and then all the kids were able just to pick... What does the Bible say I'm supposed to ask for these spiritual gifts? When the Bible says that God gives them severally as he wills. It is God that gives the gifts. The Holy Ghost is the administrator of the gifts. That's okay, Michelle. We charge double for when you learn something new. So $19.99 goes up to $39.99. That's $39.98. Actually, would be double. $39.98. That's $39.98. Okay? All right. Now, here we go. All right. Pick one. And Eden picked one as well. And her spiritual gift that she picked was the interpretation of tongues. So for those of you that are maybe here for the first time. So we had a drawing. And in our drawing, we came up with this. This is our drawing. And we came up with this. What in the world is this guy even talking about? He had a drawing with a bunch of kids. He gets his drawing. And she draws out the gift of interpretation. What are you, Bob Ross? What, what, what is the deal here? Right? There's a spiritual gift called uh, speaking in tongues. Where, and you may have heard it in worship just before. Some people, they just pray and say things 
that their mind actually don't understand. It's actually the Holy Spirit giving words and moving the tongue. And so, you know, I speak in tongues and Tanya, but I don't understand what I'm saying, but I, it's a prayer language by the Holy Spirit. And there is a gift where some people can interpret and actually understand what is actually being said. And so you picked that gift, was on the scroll, and then all week uh, the family So this is absolutely in violation of the scriptures. First of all, this isn't even a woman. This is a little girl. This is a little girl. And you're like, you're being led around by a little girl. By the way, you're deceiving this little girl too, which makes me sick. Such spiritual perversion to deceive this little girl. And to impart devils unto her. Pride into it that she would actually get the gift and have the gift. And then when, when did Liz pray in tongues? Was it yesterday? Saturday. And Liz is actually here. Maybe put your hand up. So you prayed in time. Was it a band practice or your worship. Oh, worship? And so, and you just overheard her praying tongues, and and suddenly you knew what it meant. Uh, can you say it again? What what did it mean? Yes, God. Yes. Yes, God. Yes. So it's simple, but it's actually quite meaningful. And uh, Tatiana suddenly feel like it was no longer this tongue, but it was English, so you could hear it. Or did you hear her speak in tongues and then you just knew inside of you that's what it meant? Knew inside of me that it, I knew what it meant. Yeah, so you just knew. It was inside of me I knew what it meant. Uh, like a six-year-old girl and you're taking spiritual advice from a six-year-old girl? I guess the first thing I might ask her is, when did you repent and put your faith and trust in Christ? You that you knew. How good is that? Hey, Maeve. Hey, you, you up here as well. Which, which gift did you pick? The Tans the, the one. Oh, she got healing. <laughs> But actually, you're not only limited to one. According to the Bible, we could ask for more. Uh, just wait. <laughs> Are you ready um, to be prayed for right now? Um, I don't know how you interpretation of tongues. Me too. Okay. Eden, you know, this is fun. This is an adventure, but we're actually serious now. As well. Eden, are you happy to pray that everyone here will just receive that gift of interpreting tongues? Just Yes. Yes. So just pray. So dear Jesus, and then just pray that we get the gift. Dear God, I pray all these people here will get interpretation of tongues, that gift, and they will understand what they're saying. In wow. You understand? You're like, Pastor, why are you doing this? I mean, nobody watches this video. Really? 1.6 million people watch this video. This garbage is not going away.
Thanks. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And just, just take a minute just to receive that. Just give, give God enough tongues. Okay, so we prayed for that. So um, right now a sitting that you feel like you actually got a message in tongues that is actually to be interpreted. You know, some, some is more private prayer language, but something like you got one. I mean, I know I really put you on the spot. Play in tongues for a little while, and we all listen, and maybe some of us here will actually get an interpretation, or maybe it's you again, Eden. All right. All right. <laughs> so I may just open up in prayer. Just, Lord, um, it is an adventure to live with you. And those gifts, they are an adventure as well. And Lord, you say they operate by faith. And faith requires a bit of stepping out and courage. We are not in control, but Lord, we desire your gift. Yeah, you're not in control, and you're losing control, and children are their oppressors, and women rule over them. What do we got here? We got fruity, charismatic boy being ran by a little girl. And by a crazy woman with an owl necklace hanging down. Uh. Because you told us to desire them. And Lord, this morning, we want to hear what you have to tell us through the Spirit. And Lord, if you want to know what God is speaking to you about, open the Bible. We want to operate in those gifts. And I, I, I pray that someone will understand and it'll be a word for Now, that was not my guinea speaking in, it was my guinea speaking in guinea, and I have no idea what my guinea was saying. But you'll get about as much out of that as you do about what they're saying. From you, in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Did, did you know what it meant? No! <laughs> so what did it mean? She said, yes, God, please heal all the people that are sick. Serious? Yes, God, he please heal all the people that are sick. <laughs> I'm just stunned. Someone else, do you want me to have a go at praying? Yeah, okay. Yes. <laughs> oh, so you, you got that, the wind, you confirm. I'm, hey. Did you hear that? Um, the literal translation, Bernadette is confirming what she heard. The wind of the spirit of my healing is coming okay. into my people. I, I do. What in the world? This is the stupidest thing ever. 1.6 million people watch these idiots get up here and just absolutely lie to them. You know how I know this isn't of God? How do I know this isn't of God? Because nothing they are doing is God's way.
everything they are doing is in rebellion to God's way. There's women speaking in the church. There's women, there's women interpreting in the church. And there's a beta male running around like a Fruit Loop while the women and the children are running the show. Right? I mean, that's what they're doing. Right? It just, it's just, um, it's absolutely the exact same thing as what the Apostle Paul warned against. They're, they're disobeying the Lord, right? And following uh, cunningly devised fables. Right? <laughs> oh, man, that's funny. Here it is, right? Rumor, are you the head of your wife? I like to think that we're equal. Are you the head? Beta. I am. I am a. I, I, no, no, no. I'm an alpha. Uh, uh, not if you think you and your wife are equal. Beta. Oh, because I tell you why. Beta. Rumor, are you the head of your wife? I like to think that we're equal. Are you the head? Beta. I am. I am a. I, I, no, no, no. I'm an alpha. Uh, uh, not if you think you and your wife are equal. Beta. Oh. Because I'll tell you why. Beta! Rumar, are you the head? <laughs> Beta! <laughs> I wonder if Gideon's running through the house yelling, Beta! <laughs> Something now that I, I may be in trouble for. <laughs> um, and and I, I, I apologize beforehand. But if that's the word we got, I, I know that someone is in church here this morning because she needs healing. Yeah. So yeah. she's actually come for that. But she's very shy, and she's the first time here. But I, I may call her forward anyway. Is that okay? Hadi, are you? So, I mean, we just had a word that God wants to heal. Are you happy to come? Maybe just come here, and we pray for healing. Thanks, Eden. And um, do, you, do you want to say specifically what you want to be healed of? Diabetes. Diabetes. How often do you have to inject yourself? Every time I eat. Every time you eat. Yeah. And how long have you had it? Since I was five. Since, since so you were five. 19 years. And so you've come here this morning because you want to receive prayer for healing. Yeah. So, hey, this is God. Thank you, Lord. Um, maybe, Helen, you want to come as well? Just and Eden, you can lay hands. Hey. As well. could, could I have any more women come and help me? Because I'm a beta, beta, and I can't. I, I, 
I can't lead and do what I'm supposed to do, so I've got to give this service over to a bunch of women, a bunch of stinking bobbed-haired bossy wives, right? And Lord, we heard your affirmation again that you are healing God and you're there for healing. There's a healing wind of the Holy Spirit here right now. Yeah, right there, right now. Just release name. Just, just release that healing, right? Just release that healing. Amen. Okay. Yeah. Ah, woman, that's what you are. Um. All right. Anyway. All right. Let me get back to uh this here. Paul refers to the law of Moses, which said the women, the woman is under man's authority. Genesis chapter three, verse number sixteen. Let's look at that. Okay. Unto the woman he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children, and thy desire shall be thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. Right? Now let's look at Numbers chapter 30. I've taught on this, by the way. I've taught on Numbers chapter 30 in dealing with daughters and the father's authority. If a woman also vow a vow unto the Lord and bind herself by a bond, being in her father's house in her youth, and her father hear her vow, and her bond wherewith she hath bound herself, her soul, and her father shall hold his peace at her, then all her vows shall stand, and every bond wherewith she hath bound her soul shall stand. But if her father disallow her in the day that he heareth, not any of her vows or of her bonds wherewith she hath bound her soul shall stand, and the Lord shall forgive her because her father disallowed her. And if she had at all a husband when she vowed or uttered aught out of her lips wherewith she bound her soul and her husband heard it and held his peace at her in the day that he heard it, then her vows shall stand and her bonds wherewith she bound her soul shall stand. But if her husband disallowed her on the day that he heard it, then he shall make her vow which she vowed and that which she uttered with her lips wherewith she bound her soul of none effect and the Lord shall forgive her. But every vow of a widow and of her that is divorced wherewith they have bound their souls shall stand against her. And if she is she vowed in her husband's house or bound her soul by a bond with an oath and her husband heard it and held his peace at her and disallowed her not, then all her vows shall stand and every bond wherewith she bound her soul shall stand. But if her husband hath utterly made them void on the day he heard them, then whatsoever proceedeth out of her lips concerning her vows or concerning the bond of her soul shall not stand. Her husband hath made them void and the Lord shall forgive her. Every vow... And every binding oath to afflict the soul, her husband may establish it, or her husband may make it void. Okay, now listen to me. This is why I talk to a husband about what a wife should do in the church. This is why, under God's eyes, my daughter's not allowed to go elope. This is why my wife is not allowed to make decisions and bind herself to decisions and promises. 
without me knowing. Because I look at her and I say, I don't care what you promise, you're not doing that. I don't care what you said, you're not doing that. See, I've done that. I know I've done that before. My wife may have said something to somebody that she was going to do something, and then I heard, and I said, no, you're not. You ain't doing that. Or my daughter, and I say, no, you're not doing that. But I promised her this. Well, you're not allowed to promise. That's why you have a father, and that's why you have a husband, to look at that and say, oh, no, you ain't doing that. Why? Because a woman can be fooled, bamboozled, tricked, manipulated, her emotions uh, taken advantage of. And a man is the head of the wife, and he's the head of his family. So when he hears that, he says, nah, you're not doing that. Oh, we ain't doing that. Right? So basically in decisions with my daughter and with my son, with my, with my wife, In God's eyes, I override those decisions. Like, nope, you're not doing that. Right? When 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 people are being when women are being taken advantage of or a situation is not right to be in, I've looked at my wife and said, nope. Don't say a word to them. Don't have anything to do with it. Just keep your mouth shut and stay away from it. Then if somebody has a problem with it, they can come talk to me about it. And generally speaking, I won't give a rat's behind if they do have a problem with it. But that has not changed. God did not change that. He did not change the authority of a husband. Or a father. That's why when you, if you take a man's daughter and you go elope with her, you steal, you've stolen from that man. Right? Teresa. 
Tell them I'll be your life coach and we'll split the five grand. Woo! Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be the life coach. Let's split it. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I had. <laughs> Uh, oh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, we're going to pay for Canada. Woo! <laughs> oh, that's funny. Oh, that was good, wasn't it? <laughs> oh, that's right. Right there. I'll be your life coach. Me and Daryl get together and I'll be like, yeah, let's eat some pizza, Daryl. <laughs> we'll talk about pizza, Daryl. <laughs> oh, that's funny, right? Anyway. <laughs> Make some pizza, hang out together, pray together. <laughs> be great. <laughs> I'll preach to you. There you go. You've already met with a life coach, right? It's already over. You know, women have been at the forefront of tongue speaking since the inception of Pentecostalism. A woman was the first to speak in tongues at Charles Parham's Topeka Bible School. A woman was the first to speak in tongues at Seymour's Azusa Street Mission. A reporter with the Los Angeles Times who visited the mission on April 17, 1906, observed the old exhorter Seymour urged the sisters to let the tongues come forth, and the woman gave themselves over to a riot of religious fervor. Now, let me stop right there. You ain't ever got to tell a woman to run her mouth. And you're going to be a pastor and stand up in a church and actually give women permission to run their mouths? There's no telling what will come out of that woman's mouth. If you, let, if, you let, if you let a woman go, be like, say whatever you want to. Oh, my goodness, no. You see, God put a governor on a woman. It's called, number one, the Holy Spirit, and number two, it's your husband. Because when he looked at them women, he urged them sisters to let their tongues come forth. Oh, no. Don't be doing that. Don't be telling women to say whatever they want to say. What are you, nuts? Right? What are you, crazy? Telling women to say whatever they want to say. <laughs> oh, man. It's been my experience that women are never at a loss of words unless it's where to eat, what restaurant to go to, or unless they're extremely angry. But other than that, you never have to ask a woman to say something.
Listen. If you could remove the women from the modern tongue-speaking movement, it would literally collapse. Right? It would literally fall down and collapse. It just would. It's dangerous to let women speak freely. That's why God, in in an assembly, in a spiritual way, that's why God says no. I don't need to remind you that Eve used her tongue on Adam, and it didn't work out well. If you could remove the women from the modern tongue-speaking movement, it would collapse. But the Spirit of God plainly forbids them to speak in tongues or to prophesy in the meetings where the saints are gathered together and men are present. Women are allowed to teach other women. By example, Titus chapter 2 shows us that, right? They're not only allowed, they're 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 given the direction from the Lord to do it. Titus chapter 2, verse 3 and 4, that the aged women likewise, that they be in behaviors becometh holiness, not false accusers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things. They may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God be not blasphemed. I'm sorry, but I do not believe that's a classroom setting teaching. I don't believe it's a ladies' extravaganza. I don't believe it's a ladies' meeting. What is it? It's by example. It's it's one-on-one. It's not female church time. Oh, we're going to have a female church class where women get up and instruct women. Where do you see that in the scripture? You don't. Right? Look how it's done. When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that is in thee also. That in thee also. Okay, well, that's how they did it. How else did they do it? Same way, and that from a child, thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation, through faith which is in Christ Jesus. Timothy learned from his mother and his grandmother. Question was asked, can women talk to lost men about the Bible? 
Give him a gospel track. Witness to him, sure. But it's way better for you not to be alone with the man and talk about Bible to him. When we see it in the scriptures, we see Ananias and Sapphira were, or not Ananias and Sapphira, but um, got their name. A second. I can't think of their names. The couple that uh, right. Uh, anyway, I forgot their names. <laughs> the two that. Um, sorry, it escapes me right now. Their names. Uh, the couple that helped uh, Apollos. I can't think of their names. I'm sorry, uh, but they they helped Apollos showed him more showed him a more excellent way showed him the the scriptures and uh, discipled him. They were together. I don't believe it's a good idea. Priscilla and Aquila, thank you, Priscilla and Aquila. They were together, right? And they did it together. So that's a better way to do it. I don't recommend women being alone with men trying to preach the gospel to them. Give them a gospel tract as like a service person comes into your house and those things. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, witnessing to a man by yourself. Nah. Not a good idea. Not a good idea. Right? Not God's way. I don't believe. We don't see a lot of that in the scriptures. There were some old widows that did a few things, but generally they were in a crowd or they were in a group together. It wasn't really by themselves in that sense. It's just, it's it's not that you wouldn't witness to them. You would give a, uh, a gospel tract to them and, you know, but you really got to be careful. What about men at work that are friends? Well, that's one of those settings where I would probably give them a gospel tract and try to get them to somebody that could help them a little more deeper than that. I'm not saying that if I if I was at work and or if you were at work and there was an opportunity that arose that you couldn't have that conversation. It's just getting into an intimate conversation, getting into a deeper spiritual um a deeper spiritual conversation with a man. Uh, probably not a great idea. I'm not saying it's forbidden for you to ever talk to men about the gospel. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I would be very careful. I'd be very cautious with it. I would be very, very cautious with that. You know, um, I just would, I'm not saying that it's forbidden to do it. I'm saying that I wouldn't say it was advisable. Because more than one conversation with a woman is going to lead down a road. I, I'm sorry. That's just how men are. That's why. That's why men stay away from women. Like, I don't have any. I don't have female friends, so to speak, that I get into long conversations with without my wife being around. I, I don't. I don't. I don't do that. just kind of the nature of men and women. 
Okay. First Timothy chapter two, verse number 12. Let the women learn in silence with all subjection. But I suffer not a woman to teach nor to usurp authority over the man, but to be in silence. For Adam was first formed, then Eve, and Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in the transgression. Notwithstanding, she shall be saved in childbearing if they continue in faith and charity and holiness with sobriety. Those who are truly spiritual will acknowledge Paul's authority. They'll they'll look at Paul's authority and they'll be like, you know what? Paul's right. That's scripture right there. First Corinthians fourteen thirty seven. If any man think himself to be a prophet or spiritual, let him acknowledge that the things that I write unto you are the commandments of the Lord. Many times, uh, he says, when I have shown those restrictions to Pentecostals and Charismatics, they have argued against them and given various reasons why they don't feel obligated to obey them. They will not acknowledge the things that Paul wrote. They are self-deceived. The Bible says, let all things be done decently and in order. When we think about the deception and fraud that is so prevalent in the Pentecostal charismatic movement, and when we think about the many times that women are allegedly overcome by the Spirit and fall into an indecent manner and have to be covered, it is obvious that all things are not done decently. Everything is to be done orderly. The God of creation is the God of order. He is not the God of confusion. And when you follow and you look at that, at the design that the Bible has for those things, you don't come up with what they do. but they ignore the apostolic direction. Next, Pentecostal method of speaking in tongues is unscriptural and dangerous. Let's just say we were to agree that there is such a thing today as tongue speaking or a private prayer language and that it would help us live better Christian lives. And if we were to accept the charismatics challenge to try it and see, the next question is how do I speak in this tongue or prayer language? The first step we are told is to stop analyzing things by the scriptures and to open up to new experiences. In a chapter in this book called These Wonderful Gifts, Michael Harper is entitled Let Go and Let God, in which the believer is instructed to stop analyzing experiences strictly to stop setting up alarm systems and squatting nervously behind protective walls. He says the believer should step out from behind his walls and infallible systems and just open up to God. 
That is an unscriptural and exceeding dangerous step towards the charismatic, towards receiving charismatic spirit. Having stopped analyzing with scriptures the standard method of experiencing the gift of tongues or a private prayer language is to open one's mouth and to start speaking words, but not words that one understands. And allegedly, they say God will take control. I'll tell you what they mean by that. This church because he wants the Holy Ghost. He's ready to have a new congregation. He's ready to see the Holy Ghost move. why i want to show you this is because these bap the, the he's claiming that these baptist pastors are coming to him more than one there's like four of them in here that come to him to get this special noyton
horrible. Hey, that's a Baptist man. Just came and asked for the Holy Ghost to fill his whole church. All right, brother. Are you ready? Okay, now watch this. Because they say that's the evidence of speaking in tongues, right? So did he get the spirit when he wapsockied him up the face there and he and he smacked him in the forehead? Right? Okay, we'll see here. This is what this is what they do. He's drunk as a badger. Go ahead. Let that Holy Ghost language come up out of you. Go ahead. Come here, baby. I mean, it literally reminds me of the headbangers ball. That's what it reminds me of. <laughs> it's like the headbangers ball, man. This preacher. Oh my God. Oh my God. Look at, turn around, look at these people. What? I got what I wanted from the Lord. I'll go back to Washington. Oh, yes, I will. I'm a Southern Baptist. They don't believe in tongues, but God said it. I want it. So let me get this straight. I have to wait for this man to give me the Holy Ghost. So him smacking me on the forehead and him giving me the Noiton, I'm going to get the Holy Ghost. Right. And it's and the Holy Ghost is going to make me run around the room like an idiot, like I'm running in place in gym class. And it's going to make me be like the headbanger's ball. Like I'm going to, I'm going to be headbanging. And that's supposed to prove that that's the power of God. When on the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Ghost fell upon them, 
They spoke with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. They heard them in their languages. Right? They heard them in their languages. And then, then, they, Peter went out and preached and 3,000 men got saved. Here's a Southern Baptist preacher. He said, I pastor in Ohio, and I've come here today for one reason. I want God to fill me with the Holy Ghost. I want the baptism in the... Oh, God. Oh, God. Are you ready? Are you ready? I don't feel your faith. Are you ready? Are you How do you feel my faith? I don't feel your faith. I don't feel your faith. How do you feel my faith? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, unseen. Get him up. Hold him up. Shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now that loud, let that Holy Ghost language come up out of you. Do it now. I thought I heard somebody shouting up in here. Wow, so literally, literally, he just embarrasses him and mocks him. Right? But he does. Here's what they say. Open your mouth and show that you believe the Lord has baptized you in the spirit by beginning to speak. Don't speak English or any other language you know, for God can't guide you to speak in tongues if you are speaking in a language known to you. Just like a child learning to talk for the first time, open your mouth and speak out the first syllables and expressions that come to your lips. You may begin to speak, but only get out a few halting sounds. That's wonderful. You've broken the sound barrier. Keep in with those sounds. Offer them to God. Tell Jesus you love him in those joyful sounds. In a very real sense, any sound you make, offering your tongue to God in simple faith, may be the beginning of speaking in tongues. He kind of sounded like he was calling turkeys, didn't he? That guy sounded like he was calling turkeys. I don't know who AG4C is. I don't know who that is. This is grossly unscriptural and nonsensical. It would seem unnecessary to refute it. There's absolutely nothing like this in the New Testament. To ignore the Bible and to seek something that the Bible never says, to seek in ways the Bible does not support, and to open oneself uncritically to religious experiences like this puts one in danger of receiving another spirit. 
Let's look at that. This is the danger of tongues. Second Corinthians. Eleven four. Verse number three. Let's look at verse number three. For I am jealous over you with godly jealousy, for I have espoused you to one husband, that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. But I fear, lest by any means, as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your minds should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. For if he that cometh preacheth another Jesus, whom we have not preached, or if ye receive another spirit, which ye have not received, or another gospel, which ye have not accepted, ye might well bear with him See, the Bible warns us that Satan comes as an angel of light. Same chapter. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light, Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. You start messing around with these false spirits and opening yourself up to all these things, you're going to get another spirit. See, the true Christian cannot be possessed by evil spirits but he can be influenced by them. And the Bible plainly teaches. By the way, these people, they're opening themselves up, right? To demonic activity. This reminds us of what Ignatius Loyola taught with visualized prayer. It was a central part of Ignatius's exercises. The practitioner is to spend four or five hours each day in this practice. He is to walk into biblical and extra-biblical historical scenes through the imagination and bring the scene to life, right? He's to imagine these things, smelling, tasting, all those things. In spiritual exercise, that was visualized prayer, excuse me. In spiritual exercises, Ignatius taught absolute obedience to Rome. We must put aside all judgment of our own. Keep the mind ever ready and prompt to obey in all things the true spouse of Christ our Lord, our Holy Mother, the hierarchical church. They were to empty their minds and let the Pope fill it. That's what, that's what they, they taught. That's what meditation taught. That's the same thing the occult teaches. 
That's the same thing this demonic man, Bruce Lee, taught. Be formless, shapeless, like water. Now, you put water into a cup, it becomes the cup. You put water into a bottle, it becomes the bottle. You put it in a teapot, it becomes the teapot. Now, water can flow or it can crash. Be water, my friend. You heard he said and how he said that? Be water, my friend. Empty your mind. Be formless, shapeless, like water. Now you put water into a cup. It becomes the cup. You put water. I mean, he looks possessed. Look at him. He's possessed. Water into a bottle. It becomes the bottle. You put it in a teapot. It becomes the teapot. Now water can flow or it can crash. Be water, my friend. Kicking That's what they want you to do, though. Empty your mind, right? Empty your mind. Empty who you are. And just be like water. Whatever flows from you, just let it flow. Right? That's what he told them to do. He, he taught, uh, that's what Ignatius Loyola taught, visualize prayer. Right? Empty your mind. Just, or visualize something that you want. Right? It's the same, it's the same thing. They all taught it. Yoga, empty your mind. New Age mysticism tells you to empty your mind. All of them tell you to empty your mind. Right? That's, that's what they teach. Empty your mind so the Jesuits can fill it and be ready to obey whatever comes. I forgot where that. Right? There you go. Here's another... 
Here's another impromptu. For your companionship, you know there are things in their life that they are... They call it impromptu. Somebody just starts standing up and babbling out of nowhere. Suffering or encountering, and to see them raising their hands and submitting it to heaven. There's nothing that encourages me more. If they can get through it and worship, I can get through it and worship. So thank you for encouraging the body of Christ this morning. Why don't you follow the Bible? Why don't you follow the scriptures? Why are you subject to follow what some dude stands up and just just starts blabbering with diarrhea of the mouth out of his mouth? And that I'm supposed to follow that. I have no sure guide. I have nothing to send. Just I have to wait till some dude is going to come along and he's going to blabber and I got to follow his blabbering. Not the written word of God but some blabbering machine somewhere that starts blabbering off or some loudmouth broad somewhere that some loudmouth woman's going to speak and that's going to change the course of my entire life. Not the scriptures, not the Holy Bible, not the King James Bible, but some blabbering fool. It's just, it's such garbage. They have no sure foundation. You, oh God. Follow me, and I will show you. Let's receive the word of the Lord this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Let's receive the word of the Lord this morning. Really? That was the word of the Lord, huh? That was some guy just completely just ripping things out of his mouth and saying stuff. Okay. I'm supposed to follow that. Well, how do you follow that? Well, who who could follow that anyway? It's not clear-cut instructions from the word of God. It's some guy yelling in blabber and then somebody else interpreting his blabber and it and, and, and it really says nothing at all. Right? That's what it is. The true Christian cannot be possessed by evil spirits, but he can be influenced by them. And the Bible plainly teaches that tongue speaking was a divine miracle and that it was sovereignly given. The disciples did not speak, did not seek, excuse me, they did not seek to speak in tongues on the day of Pentecost, nor did they take a class on letting go and letting God. There is no evidence, in fact, that they even expected to speak in tongues. 
in every instance in which Christians spoke in tongues in the book of Acts. The tongues were sovereignly given. In no instance were the recipients trying to speak in tongues. They weren't working it up. They weren't working the crowd. They weren't lathering it up. They weren't trying to trying to push it. They weren't trying to get it to go. They weren't ginning it up. Right? They weren't ginning it up to make them do this. What are these people? They're a bunch of clowns. Right? We will not something the church has gotten so far removed from Jesus that it takes 3,000 church members one full year to win one person to Jesus but I got news for you we're getting closer to his return and the closer we get to him the faster things are going to happen the faster the healings the faster the deliverance the faster Whoa, did you hear that scream? That was crazy. Something the church has gotten so far removed from Jesus that it takes 3,000 church members one full year to win one person to Jesus. But I got news for you. We're getting closer to his return. And the closer we get to him, the faster things are going to happen. The faster the healings, the faster the deliverance, the faster... making fun of those guys. 
like a gift. Okay. All right. All right. You want to say hi? I'll give you a chance here. Here we go. Since he saved my soul, I'll shout it from the mountain top. Christ Jesus made me whole. To tell the world of Jesus' love to all this world we roam. Rejoicing, singing praises always till he takes us home. His word declares that when we die, the heavenly gate he'll hold. So each day here we'll walk with him in liberty and hope. All right, all right. Yes, that's right. Uh, let's see. Fabian on here. Teresa on here. Gregory Pace on here. Army Girl on here. Let's see. Joey Mac. I ate your lunch. Ate my lunch and didn't pay for it. Okay. Oh, oh. Jo- Jody Hammond. Okay, Benny Hill. Is that who that is? I don't know who that is. It just sounded funny to me. Michelle is on here. Carl Winters, Mary. Whoever else is hiding. Baptist not ashamed. Rachel's on here. Let's see. So. Sell a yodeling pickle. Look, you better be thankful I'm a Christian because if you ate my lunch... I wasn't a Christian. I'd be beating you down for that. All right, let's see here. How about another song here before we go? This is one of Carl's favorites. We'll play this one here. I've reached the land of joy divine And all its beauty now is mine here shines on dim one blissful day, for all my night has passed away. Oh, Beulah land, sweet Beulah land, as on thy highest mount I stand, I look away all across the sea, where mansions are prepared for me, and view the shining glory shore, my heaven, my home Savior comes and walks with me, and a sweet communion here have we. He gently leads me 
everybody well that's uh that's another broadcast there and uh we are done uh if you would like to number one pray for our ministry tomorrow we are going out preaching tomorrow afternoon it'll be uh somewhere around one o'clock p.m our time so 1 p.m our time um and uh in the afternoon 1 p.m central time the afternoon Okay. And uh, so that'll be tomorrow, 1 p.m. Central Time. We will be broadcasting live outside of a Wilds game, preaching out there. Okay. And uh, so you pray for us about that. Pray for the Lord to bless, and you'll be able to watch live out there. Okay. Now, uh, also, uh, pray for our ministry, pray for our Canada trip, pray for the future. All the things that we got going on here as well. Uh, if you'd like to give towards just general needs of the ministry, or you'd like to give towards uh, the Canada trip, there, uh, you may do so. Our information is right here on at oldpathsbaptistchurch.org, and you you scroll down the main page there: PayPal, Venmo, Apple Pay. Okay, you can give any of those ways, or you can mail something. And the address is right here to mail that. That is 1030 South Highway 3, Northfield, Minnesota, 
5057. Right there. 1030 South Highway 3, Northfield, Minnesota, 55057. Okay? You can you can do it through there too as well. Uh look at that sermon. Good Christians dance. That's a good one. Back in 2018. So anyway, um, all right, everybody. Uh, God bless you. Take care. And uh, we'll see you on the next broadcast. Uh, Sunday, uh, Saturday, you'll see us out on the streets. Sunday, uh, 1045 Central Time, 1045 a.m. Central Time on Rumble or on on Rumble or on uh, Sermon Audio. You can listen to our sermon there, okay? Uh, all right, everybody. God bless you. Right.